Hello and welcome to episode two of the Reconciliation Project. I'm your host, Michael Mendoza, and if you want to hear what this podcast series is all about, please go back and listen to the short episode zero intro podcast. This episode also builds off the previous episode, so if you haven't, please go back and listen to episode one. As I mentioned in episode one, we have a Gmail account, the Reconciliation Podcast at gmail.com. So if you have any thoughts on episode one or episode two, or just want to share one of your stories of personal reconciliation, either your own spiritual reconciliation or reconciliation with others, uh, send them in. So in our previous episode, we walked through romantic love. I laid out the argument that the psychological mechanics, how our brain is wired, around romantic love, prove that there is a God. I also made the case that romantic love is neurologically structured to help us change, to help us grow. But to help us grow and change into what? Some abstract concept of a better person? So, to go forward, we need to go backwards. The beginning of time. Creation. This can become a little science-heavy, So I want to make it relatable. Let's start with a zoom in on a specific memory you have, and then we'll zoom out and draw the analogy. So let's zoom in on a moment from your life. Not just any moment, but one of those moments in your life where you felt like your entire future, your destiny, your fate, the details of your life, everything was hanging in the balance. Okay, well, maybe not a moment, but an event talking about the SATs in high school. I'm talking about a job interview, a second date where you already feel like you know they are the one and you don't want to screw it up. Could be nerve-wracking, could be happy. Whatever comes to mind, think of a, a moment or an instance in your life where you felt the future hinged on what happened. I'm asking about one of these moments because in our own way, everyone has had our own Big Bang Theory experience. No, not the TV show. The creation of the universe. I'm going to draw the analogy from whatever memory you just came up with to the science of the Big Bang. So, hold that memory. Start with the science. At the beginning of time, we're talking about 0.000, zeros to be exact. Literally the first moments of the universe... All the matter that exists in the universe today, all the stars, all the galaxies, every single atom was compressed into an infinitesimally tiny dot. Okay, back to the memory. Every experience you have after the job interview, where you live, how much money you make, who you marry, depend on that interview. Where you go to college, what you major in, who your friends are, compressed into that experience. All the matter in the universe compressed into an infinitesimally tiny dot. Your whole future compressed down into a single test date interview. Your own Big Bang. So when it comes to the creation of the universe, what happened? There was an explosion! The scientific term is cosmic inflation. The inflation lasted a mere fraction of a second. Again, zero point, lots of zeros. But the inflation expanded the universe beyond the dot and created the individual particles, quarks, subquarks, everything we know, 
today as the basic building blocks of matter. A primordial soup of matter. But here's what you probably didn't know. That soup couldn't hold light. The first actual light occurred, plus or minus a few years, 380,000 years after the Big Bang. Yes, science tells us that there was a long period of time between the actual explosion and the existence of light. What was happening in all that time? All the matter in the universe was sorting itself from one ball of chaos. Remember, there's been an explosion inflation, so we're past the dot, but now we're in a ball of chaos, literal chaos and disorganization into the building blocks, into matter as we know it today. And after the order came to the chaos, light came through. Back to your memory. The explosion of the Big Bang is the event you're remembering, but after it happens, there's a waiting period. You take the SATs, but even after you get your score, you have to apply to colleges. You have to get assigned a dorm room, find an apartment. Even if you nail the job interview, you have to meet your new co-workers, maybe find a new place to live. That date goes well, but now you have to plan the next date and start, in, start thinking about introducing them to your friends. Even after the Big Bang, there is still this period of uncertainty about the details of the next step. The direction is clear, but your future is not totally illuminated. Back to science. The matter created from the Big Bang is sorting itself into particles. The details of your life are coming into focus. Then, after the building blocks of particles are in place, after you know where you're going to college or where you're going to live, or that you're inviting or you're getting invited to meet their friends, the light comes through. So, to simplify everything, the Big Bang theory is about the transition from chaos to order. Literal molecular chaos into ordered matter, the matter we know today. The James Webb Telescope has released pictures of deep space, and man, they are beautiful. Amidst what may seem like the chaos of our daily lives, there is an undeniable fundamental order to the universe that goes back to the beginning of time. The Big Bang Theory is how science explains it. And I believe in science. So, to connect science to faith... I'm going to tell you the opening words of the Bible, the beginning. Those words are about bringing order to the chaos. The opening lines of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Okay, so maybe I lost you, but let's break it down. There's a website called called The Bible Project, and they do an excellent job of breaking down the original Hebrew the Bible was written in. 
I want to focus on two words, deep and spirit. In the middle of what I just read is the phrase, darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Hebrew word for deep is to home, which actually means chaos. In Hebrew, it was also meant to refer to the deep ocean, the chaotic waters, to disorder. The ocean, but not the symphony of waves on the beach, the frenetic deep ocean waters. If you just substitute the word chaos for the word deep, the Bible translates, darkness was over the surface of the chaos. Hopefully you're seeing how that connects to the Big Bang Theory. During the roughly first 380,000 years of our universe, while the matter was sorting itself into the particles we know today, there was not yet light. According to the Big Bang Theory, according to science, darkness was over the surface of the molecular chaos. So keep reading after that word deep or chaos, and Genesis says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruach. It can be translated breath or wind. In English, we don't have a perfect translation, but the Spirit of God could also be translated the breath of God. The breath of God was hovering over the waters. So now we have the breath of God hovering over the waters. Notice the transition from deep, which is to home or chaos, to just waters. Waters is a different Hebrew word that would would have been used to refer to a lake or a generic body of water. It has a different meaning of word than to home or deep or chaos. Waters are calm or unpredictable. Waters have order. The Hebrew has a shift from chaos into order in how it describes what the breath of God is hovering over. So, science tells us, after a disorganized chaos sorts into ordered particles, you have light and you have expansion. The universe is still expanding today. We have physics and math to prove this. Cosmic inflation is still happening. After the breath of God in Genesis, you have verse 3 And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So what caused this cosmic inflation to happen? What caused the universe to expand? You can talk about matter and antimatter and maybe multiple universes or how our universe just popped into existence out of statistical chance from some parallel universe. Or you can just answer the question of what caused cosmic inflation by saying, the breath of God. God exhaled into the chaos. God breathed out. And order was created. And there was light. Back to your memory. Upon reflection, can you see the order in your own life? Can you see how getting the job, not getting the job, a relationship going forward or a relationship stopping, whatever memory came up, how it set the stage for the future expansion of your own personal universe? Can you see the order to it? Whether the experience that came to mind includes this or not, you don't have to believe in the Bible to have had an experience where you felt, to use generic terms, connected to the universe or in the flow. What was it you felt connected to? Where did that feeling come from? 
Could you have been feeling the life force that connects all of us? Could you have been feeling Ruach or the breath of God in your life? The same Ruach that was breathed out at the beginning of time? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. These opening lines are about a belief that the transition from order to chaos wasn't a statistically random oddity. There is an animating life force, a wind or spirit, or spirit, ruach, that flows through all life in the universe. Whether you are a pure science-driven atheist or a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ, you are both trying to understand the transition from chaos into order. You are both trying to understand the universe. Both science and faith understand that there is a fundamental order. They may describe it differently, but they both agree it's there. So let us not see atheists and believers as opposites, irreconcilable people who believe different things and can't help each other in our journey on this earth. Everyone understands there is a fundamental order. Now, some listeners may be thinking, chaos to order, darkness to light. What a binary thinker you are. The world is not black and white. It's gray. What a Western approach to this whole thing you've taken. These are good thoughts and a good question. We'll talk about that in the second part of the podcast. podcast called Religiously Literate, and in their introduction to Hinduism, they discuss how it is not a specific defined belief structure, but rather an umbrella term for various tradition, traditions and practices that originated in Southeast Asia. With an understanding there isn't one single creation story in Hinduism, we can talk about the concept of Brahman. The BBC has a bite-sized guide to religion, and it defines Bra- Brahman as the supreme universal spirit that is eternal and unchanging. Other definitions refer to Brahman as the omnipresent and eternal source of all that exists. Brahman is present in every living thing, every atom, every molecule. That would be the universal energy that binds us. So does anyone else hear the word Ruach in the description of Brahman? Judeo-Christian Tradition, biblical, text, Hinduism. Is there a difference between those two concepts? I know, in the abstract, two different religions. But Brahman, Ruach? The key to Brahman is that it does not preclude the existence of gods, plural. 
different gods and some Hinduism belief structures are all just expressions of Brahman. According to Vidut Patanik, a writer for Variety, there are Hindu traditions that, when referring to Brahma as the creator, are referring to the birth of human culture. Culture goes through four phases, childhood, youth, maturity, and old age, before dying. Each of those phases has a Hindu word, but I'm not even going to try and pronounce them. The death in those four phases is imagined as a flood, and the only thing that survives each flood is the first human Manu in the ancient texts called the Vedas. If you grew up going to Sunday school, Manu would be a combination of Adam in the garden and Noah after the flood. So if your belief structure doesn't focus on linear time, what does that mean for humans? Viewing life in cycles, of course, sets the stage for karma and reincarnation, which is not the point of this podcast. But I wanted to bring up Hinduism to show that there are belief systems in large sections of the earth population that aren't so concerned with the details of linear time when it comes to creation. But at the same time, they have a parallel concept of a universal energy that flows through all things, and creation has a fundamental order of four phases that repeat. A different approach but still a way to describe a universal energy and an overarching order. So, where am I going to tie this all together? Well, let's take one more discussion of the beginning of time. This from the Pima Indians who lived in the American Southwest. In the beginning, there was only darkness and water. The darkness congealed in certain places, and it is from this that the Creator was made. He wandered aimlessly above the water and began to think. He became fully conscious of who he was and what he was to do. He then reached into his heart and pulled out a magic creation stick. Sounds a lot like Genesis, does it? In the Pima Indian story, the creator is wandering aimlessly above the water. In Genesis, the spirit of God hovers over the waters. In the Indian story, after being above the waters, he pulls out his magic creation stick In Genesis, after hovering above the waters, God says, let there be light. Chaos into order. A fundamental order and the interconnectivity of all life go hand in hand. To continue with another Native American culture, let's shift from the Southwest to the Northwest and Chief Seattle. In the early 1850s, the United States wanted to buy the land of the Native Americans, and Chief Seattle wrote a letter. And I'm quoting... The president in Washington sends sends word that he wishes to buy our land. But how can you buy and sell the sky, the land? The idea is strange to us. He goes on to say, Every part of this earth is sacred to my people. Every shining pine needle, every sandy shore, every mist in the dark woods, every meadow, every humming insect. All are holy in the memory and experience of my people. Lastly, later in the letter, it says, And I quote, if we sell you our land, remember that the air is precious to us, that the air shares its spirit with all the life it supports. The air shares its spirit with all the life it supports. Hebrew word ruach, the breath of God. Spirit, air. Did you know that later, Ruach is what gives humans life? And did you know that later, Ruach is in all animals and is all natural life? 
according to the Bible. The breath of God, the spirit of God, the wind of God is in all life according to the Bible. Chief Seattle writes, the air shares its spirit with all life it supports. The Hindu believes that Brahman connects us all. We can still measure the light emanating from the Big Bang in our universe today. Ruach, air spirit, Brahman, cosmic background radiation. Chaos into order through connectivity, one source, one energy. What's the point of all this? Episode 1 was about proving there was a God, making the case that as humans we aren't evolutionary accidents. It was also about making the case that we have a higher calling and that romantic love is designed to help us get us there. Now we've looked at multiple different words and definitions of a creator, multiple different words and expressions of the belief that humans were created by a greater force and that somehow that greater force binds us all. The same greater force that binds us and created us is calling us to something greater. God's breath came at the creation and God's breath brought life to the dirt when he created humans. I'm connecting the beginning of the universe as we know it to the creation of humans. You can't unseparate the two. If you don't believe that there was a creator at the beginning of time, by extension, you have to believe that humans evolved from apes. Different faiths and traditions have defined things differently. And scientists have studied and analyzed and pushed the boundaries of what we call knowledge all in the pursuit of understanding what we all intuitively understand. There is a God. We are here for a purpose. Let us not be separated by our different words that are used to describe the human experience. Let us be reconciled in our understanding of our commonality. So take this and sit with it. Think about it. Talk with someone close to you about it. Use this podcast to build bridges and start discussions. If you have someone you were once close with with but have felt distance from, send the podcast to them. Use it as a jumping off point. If you have your own doubt about God, about creation, about any of it, grab a journal and journal about it. Go and be reconciled to others. More importantly, go and be reconciled with your own doubt. Some part of you may not want to believe in any of this. You don't care if it's God or the Bible, Brahman, vague notion of spirit energy from Native American traditions. You're just out. Hands wiped, back turned. If that's you, why have you turned your back? Go and be reconciled with your own doubt. Thank you for listening to The Reconciliation Project. If you like the show, please go ahead and hit subscribe. This is a passion project for me, so we won't have any regular episode release schedule. I will try and release things at least quarterly, but I have a wife and two kids and work and all of the normal things that keep people busy in this life. So there will not be any regular releases. I may end up releasing batches of episodes when I feel like I've covered a topic. So if you if you like the show, please hit subscribe so that when the new episodes do drop, you'll get notified in your feed and you can enjoy more of the Reconciliation Project.